0: Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Let's get into the message today. You know, something's kind of been stirring in my heart. And really Friday night, this, this idea came to me about seasons. How many know we go through seasons in life? And you know, sometimes it's a pat answer, I get it. We say things like, well, it's just a season. But that's the truth. It is a season and seasons come and seasons go. So I want to talk about that idea today. I was reading this article the other day about the invention of not just electricity, but namely Thomas Edison's invention of the light bulb. How many have light bulbs in their home? We have light bulbs here today. You know, we have morning service. Uh, We were able to actually put some baffles up and cover the windows. If you ever notice there's stained glass windows. But we covered those up for a different feel in here. But I was reading this article. And it was talking about this invention of the light bulb and how it has dramatically changed our society. I mean, think about this. Prior to this invention, when the sun would go down, it was like nature's signal telling us it was time to go to bed. And then when the sun would rise in the morning, it was like nature's way of saying, time to wake up. But after the invention of the light bulb, everything changed. I mean, think about this. Now you could turn a light on and you could stay up later and longer. A little side note, this is crazy. Within 20 years, the graveyard shift started. Within 20 years, these industrial factories had lines and rows of these light bulbs, so now they could have 24-7 production. And the graveyard shift started. I thought, that's wild. And, and so now it changed our culture. It changed our society by one small thing called the light bulb. So here's these people, right, working third shift, graveyard shift. Why? More production, more money. That's what it comes down to. But guess what? Less sleep and less health for those who had to work that shift. So that's when it began. And I thought, you know, this is crazy. It gave us more control over light and dark. You know that Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb, he said a few things about sleep. Here's one. He said, sleep was a sign of laziness. Yeah. He says, extra sleep made a person unhealthy and inefficient. Now, we know by studies today, science has proven, no, 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 we need to get proper sleep. If not, we die early. Uh, We can't think straight. There's issues. But at this time, he thought, I am helping the world. And I'm glad that we have light. It's great that we have light, but it has dramatically changed how we operate and how we do life in this society. You know, he also perfected the phonograph. Not only that, he also made the first motion picture camera. So when I think about this, I'm like, we have light, we have recorded music, and now we have movies. Our whole lifestyle changed. See, in the past, when the sun would go down, it was nature's signal to us, it's time to go to bed, it's time to go to sleep, it's time to rest. But now with the light, everything changed. So now we have light, which means nightlife. That's when the nightlife started. Let's party all night because we can. We have light now. Not only that, we have plays and we have recorded music. Not only recorded music, now we can go see it live in the evening. We have picture movies. Let's flash forward to now. Now what do we have? Now it's clubs, right? We get to go to the club. We get to stay out late. We get to chill. We get to hang. We get to do things longer. IMAX. How many love IMAX or EMAX? Even better. How many have gone, I'm guilty, to the midnight showing of the new release? see how everything changed? I mean, years and years ago, they would have never thought of staying up later because they didn't have the ability to do that. It changed everything. It changed the way that our life functions. Think about this. Anyone here guilty of all night binge watching? Thanks, Netflix and Hulu. Have you ever been there and you're watching a show and you're like, it's the end. You're like, okay, it's only midnight. One more episode. One more episode, right? And you watch the episode, and for some reason, they leave you hanging again. It's like you forgot they're going to leave you hanging anyway, so just hold on. But that's what Netflix and Hulu do. We can stream. We can stay up. We have light. We have the ability to do this, and it's changed the way that we function in life. How many love apples? I love apples. Little fun fact. You know that Michigan is the third largest producer of apples in the United States? Fun fact. We love in the fall to go to the apple orchard. We love taking the kids and doing the hay rides and the pumpkins and that, but I love apples. And so I don't know if you've experienced this. When you go to an apple orchard, they're actually fresh and they're picked fresh there and the fall is amazing. And so have you ever gone into that back cooled room? It's usually separated by those strips of plastic, but you walk in and it's kind of cool. And when you walk in, instantly you get this fragrance of apples, apples Everywhere. You look around, there's Northern Spies and there's Granny Smith. There's all these different flavors and you have your pick. But have you ever bitten into a freshly picked apple? There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Fresh fruit is amazing, but we have the ability now in our culture, in our society to go to a grocery store and buy fruit when it's out of season. You go and you buy that same apple when it's out of season. It's interesting because you walk in and they all kind of look uniform, the same, kind of like lackluster. And then when you bite into it, it just doesn't have that same snap, that crack, that taste as that fresh apple. And so we have this ability now to avoid this natural flow that creation since the beginning of time, light and dark, where we rest when it's evening and then we're able to awaken when it's morning and we're able to stay up later and do things kind of on our own terms and even with food and, and especially with vegetation and with fruit, we can choose, nope, I don't want to wait, I want it now. And so we become this society where we say, I want what I want and I want it now. And what we do is we forget the cycles and seasons because we know better. How many know that the creator knows better than us? And so he set up seasons for a reason. I want to talk about that today. Seasons come and seasons go. This is how life flows. Why does this matter? Because seasons matter and I think that they're important for the natural flow of life. Now, I love the modern world. I, I love the access, to at the fingertips stuff that we have. I, I've talked about this before, but one thing I do love about when we go camping is there's no electronics allowed. And I love the fact that I don't have to get on Facebook for a week. It's kind of nice. I mean, the first few days, you know, have you, have you ever just had your phone sitting somewhere and you just you touch it just so the screen turns on? You're like, why am I doing that? I don't know. Maybe someone texts me. or It's ridiculous, Right. But we train ourselves that we have to have this. Just take an electronic away from your kid for two minutes and see what happens. They manifest a demon. It's like maybe electronics aren't good for you right now, right? We've made them in the babysitters, and I get it because their schedule has gotten busy and there's more. Why? We don't follow the flow of creation the way that God, the divine, has set it up. And so sometimes when we get out of that, we feel entitled to do what we want to do when we want to do. So in the modern world, we can live independent of natural seasons that are happening all around us. And so the more that we live disconnected or divorced from the seasons and natural rhythms of creation, we get to this point where we begin to lose the sense of seasons and the fact that seasons come and seasons go. Say that with me. Seasons come and seasons go. Say it again. Seasons come and seasons go. And so there's this flow of seasons. If we look at the writer of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you probably heard this this verse, these verses, about eight verses here, one through eight, have been made into, you know, song and, and embroidered pillows, right? But it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, to everything, say that with me, everything, to everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Just look around you sometime. Maybe even, this is tough, but look into your own life and you'll see that people have lost a sense of seasons. And the fact that seasons must come and they must go. They arrive and they leave. They, They pass and new ones come because seasons come and seasons go. I believe there's a reason that we're talking about this today. I know in my own life, I would say that I'm going through one of the tougher seasons that we've gone through as a family. And it's not that things are bad and like, you know, I'm standing on the edge of a bridge every Friday night. I'm I'm just saying it's been tough. And and so you're, why is it tough? Because it's uncomfortable. You're trying to figure out where we're transitioning and where we're moving. And so I want to talk about that because I think all of us can go through these seasons in life. See, the key to being alive and healthy is understanding and then embracing the idea of seasons and change. Because guess what? It's going to happen to you. At some point, a season's going to change. This happens in relationships. It happens in theology. Uh, it happens in, in even political views, or at least it should. If we're not progressing, then it's not kingdom way. Jesus said the kingdom would be ever expanding and growing. Think about all of creation since God started it. It's been expanding. It's been growing. We discover more and more, and it constantly moves and moves and expands. And so to me, being part of creation, I think we should continually move forward, not backward, ever expanding, not necessarily at our waistlines, but ever expanding in our thinking and our ideas. You follow me? I I think this, that so many become traumatized and confused when a season has ended, and a new season is beginning. Have you ever asked yourself the question, what is happening? I've had a lot of that in the last several months for myself. What is happening? What is going on? And and many times grief follows the changing of seasons, and, and then what happens is we can't quite identify why we feel this way. And so I want to identify this today. I was talking to a brother today, and you know, sometimes it takes you sitting down and talking with someone or thinking things through, visiting those Those spaces that are uncomfortable to kind of get a feel for where life is going. It's not always easy. Isn't it easier to just sometimes stay in that box? And so we have to be open to even God, Father, that means Source, right? The Divine. He's always moving us, always bringing us forward in our thinking and our doing and our being. This is just how it is. So again, many times grief follows the changing of the seasons. And we can't identify why we feel this way. I think there's really two ways that we can go with this season's thing. When when a time of transition comes into our life and we have to make a decision to step into that next season. For some of us, here's what happens. We can't quite enjoy the season we're in. Have you ever been there where, let's say, for instance, let's make it real natural. You're at work, you're in a job, you don't mind the place you work, but you're in a certain position and you have a goal to be in another position. Now, it's okay to have goals, right? But sometimes what happens is while we're in this season, we're not present. We're not, I guess, grabbing hold. We're, we're not embracing the season we're in because a lot of times in those seasons, we're learning life lessons. We're learning things in order to move into the next season. But what we do is sometimes we cut seasons short because I want to be here. And so instead of, instead of embracing And being present in that season, we reach ahead and we we pull ourselves into a different season, but we weren't even prepared for it. Have you ever been there and you're like, oh crap, what did I just do? Why did I accept that position? Why why did I make that decision? Why did I say that that way? Uh, Why did I marry that person I should have? I mean, there's a lot, right? And so then we have to cope with maybe bad decisions and thank God he's there through everything. And sometimes adversity comes. And, And when adversity comes... This is the problem, I think, sometimes with Western Christianity is we pray prayers like, God, get me out of the adversity. Stop the suffering from happening. Even though God doesn't cause the suffering, maybe sometimes through that suffering, there's something to learn in that. Not that he's teaching you a lesson. Now, I know this is foreign to some of us because like, I just have enough faith and I just get out of stuff. But at one point, Paul, the Apostle Paul, three times pray, Lord, take this thorn... Out of my side. Now, some people say, oh, it was a physical, Paul, he had issues. If you really read, I believe it was a particular person or a group of people that were coming against what he was preaching. It was constant. He'd go to the Galatians and preach. Someone come in and say, Paul's wrong. he go to the Ephesians and preach. Someone come in, he's wrong. Can you take this person out? I know you're all about peace, love, and restoration, but maybe this guy needs to be taken out. And God said, listen, my grace is sufficient, Paul. Just trust me. It comes down to faith. And sometimes it takes faith to stay in a season and to learn, even with the bumps and bruises, because trouble is going to come. God doesn't bring it, but trouble will come. Adversity will come. Pain and suffering happen sometimes. (laughs) Amen. And so what I'm not saying is we go, okay, I'm praying for pain and suffering because we can go all the way the other way where now we're praying for it so we can somehow prove to God that we're worthy. No, 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 no. In the midst of the adversity, you go, this isn't you, Lord. I need to get through this, but that's the point. Don't pull me out. Let's get through and together we'll learn from this. And as I go into the next phase of life, I can be a witness and a light to someone else who goes through those issues. I've learned something from that. I've learned patience because I, I wasn't very patient before this. Do you follow me? I, I want you to follow me on this. I'm not saying that we pray for pain and suffering, but sometimes stuff happens. <laughs> I've been there. If there's anyone here who says nothing's ever happened to me, I'm sorry. Then you don't live in the real world because stuff happens all the time. But my point is sometimes we, we try to get out of a season prematurely. But then on the other side of it, and I think this is probably what the majority of us do, we stay in a season too long. Why? It's comfortable. It's comfortable it's easy. I know where the parameters are. I've got the box figured out. And so maybe there's a relationship you're in. I love what one guy calls it. He calls it WBS. I like that BS on the end of it. But it's warm body syndrome because maybe it's a relationship you've been in, whether it's romantic or a friendship. And you know that this isn't the most healthy relationship for you. But in your mind, you're like, well, at least I have someone. I got a warm body there. Maybe it's a a political view. You're so used to, I was raised to believe this way. I was raised a Democrat. I was raised a Republican. Let me say this. If you're a Christian, you should get your mind in the kingdom thinking. It will change everything. And then you'll start to see holes in all the political systems. And then you'll see the good in all the political systems, some good. But then you go, okay, Lord, what is the kingdom way of doing and being? Sometimes it's theology. Sometimes it's religious paradigms. Maybe you grew up a certain way. You're used to things a certain way. I know when I first discovered this idea of grace and how deep grace was, it jacked up my head because I'm going, whoa, is it really that good? And so I had to wrestle with these things, but I can't imagine had I stayed in that comfort zone because as a pastor, I'm telling you, I've been through all these different zones and I'm still growing. I mean, now we're going into a lot of the kingdom way of thinking, but it would have been so much easier to just stay in the old way and just tell you guys what to do, be to church or else give more because God will really love you. If you give more money, I could, I could preach all those messages and if you can preach to control people, you can get them to do what you want to do. Grace caused me to have to release people and say, wow, these people are yours, not mine. That's not easy. Because now you can't control people's attendance. You can't control their giving. You can't control how much they do and how much time they give. But God graced me in that season. Now, I don't worry about that. And let me tell you, we have awesome people here, folks. You guys are the best church around. Because even with this grace, grace has shown you a new way of, I don't have to, I get to. It's not obligation It's just a natural outflow of this love relationship I have with God, with the divine. And what happens? It gets reciprocated towards God and towards people. And so we don't have to beg, come, please do this and that. Now, you know what? You know what I love? I love people who say, you know, I used to worry about saying, hey, I'm going on a family vacation, but now I don't. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time. Let me say this. Your family comes before this local body. It has to. I've seen too many pastors lose their family because ministry came first. It can. And I love you guys to death. We're a faith church. I love you guys to life. But I won't lose my family for ministry. But I'm so thankful that my family is along for this journey and understands the grace of God because we just work together. And it's awesome, isn't it? But so many times I think what we do is we, instead of moving or trying to move too fast, we stay in a season because, man, I just know my role. I know my place and it's comfortable. And, And I think that we need to realize that just because it's comfortable and it's familiar and you have security that it takes faith sometimes to step into that next season. Sometimes it takes faith. It takes trust to step into the next season. Because remember, the opposite of faith isn't doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. When you're certain of something, you don't have to have faith. You just know that that's how it is. When it comes to this journey of life and and moving to a next season, I've come to a place where I just have to say, Lord, I have to trust you. Because I don't want to move. I I know that I've been here too long. I know that I need to move, but I'm scared. Because it's not comfortable. It's uncomfortable. I don't know. There's no walls. There's no parameters. There's no rails to hang on to. But that's when the Holy Spirit says, "That's okay. I got you. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you." But if you move, Andrew, to this next step man, it's going to produce so much fulfillment in your life and you're going to see more of the purpose that I've called you to. And so it's all about faith, stepping into those next seasons. Sometimes a season has ended, but we hold on and we hold on way too long. How many times have you ever heard someone say or even said to yourself something like, I should have ended it at that time or I should have left. I should have shut it down, but I didn't because it was safe and it was comfortable. But here's the thing, when you hold on too long, when you stay too long, whether it's a job, a a town, a relationship, let's make it spiritual, a view that we have of God or spirituality, when you stay too long, what may have been a graduation can become a divorce. Do you follow me? Now, graduations are celebrated. It's a party, right? You're graduating, you're maturing, you're moving up, you're going, this is awesome, we celebrate it, but when you stay too long, it's like ripping yourself away. So instead of the celebratory graduation, it becomes a divorce where you have to divorce yourself from the season, it becomes harder. What I'm saying is follow the Holy Spirit. You can trust your Father. So when you know that you know this season is ending, prepare yourself. Have I learned what I need to learn? Have I gathered the, the wisdom and, and, and what I need to go to this next season in life? I know it's metaphorical, but it's the truth, right? If we look back across our life, it's from one season to the next. So don't stay too long. Make it a graduation into the next season, not a divorce from the past season. When I was thinking about this idea of seasons coming and going, it made me think about John chapter 20. I want to look at John chapter 20 this morning. This is a beautiful story, which it's a story that we read a lot around uh, Resurrection Sunday. But it's a story of Jesus who was crucified. He was buried, and now he's in a tomb. And so we pick up the story here In verse 11, we see Mary, one of of Jesus' disciples. Yes, Jesus had women disciples, just so you know. Hey, can I get a hey, ladies? Jesus, yes, right, he had female uh, disciples. In fact, there was a couple ladies in his crew that supported his ministry historically. So it's pretty awesome. So here's Mary. Mary's extremely close to Jesus. We pick up in verse 11. It says, Mary stood crying outside the tomb. Why was Mary crying? Because she lost her best friend. Not only that, she lost the idea of what this Messiah was supposed to come and do for the nation of Israel. So she's, some translations, excuse me, that breaks down in Greek, she was sobbing, she was weeping, she was crying, she was at the tomb, everything's been lost. It goes on to say, while she was still crying, she bent over and looked in the tomb and saw two angels there dressed in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the feet. Woman, why are you crying? They asked her. She answered, They have taken my Lord away, and I do not know where they have put him. Then she turned round and saw Jesus standing there. But look at this she did not know it was Jesus. Man, there's so many good nuggets in this. I mean, whether it's the angels at the head and the foot, there's some stuff referring back to the Ark of the Covenant we can go into. We're not going to this morning. Uh, The the fact that she didn't recognize who Jesus was, come on. I mean, she knew Jesus. That's a huge thing, too. We're not going to go there this morning. So she doesn't uh, realize it's Jesus. And then he says this. It says, verse 15. He says, woman, why are you crying? She's probably like, why are these dudes asking me why I'm crying, right? You been there, ladies? He says, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Now, I want us to key in on this. Because Jesus doesn't just ask, woman, why are you crying? He says, who are you looking for? Now remember, she doesn't recognize that this is Jesus. She's looking for something. And it's not who Jesus is now. You catching this? That's a cool vibe here. He says, who is it you're looking for? Look at this. She thought he was the gardener. Now we could read that and go, oh, that's so offensive. I can't believe she didn't realize he was a son of God, the holy anointed one. But you gotta understand Jewish literature, this is really cool. Just a side note, this was John's way, his nod to the Genesis story, to creation. If you were a Jew reading this, you would go, a garden? That's where it all began. And so you have first Adam in a garden, you have last Adam. In a garden, as a gardener. So they're thinking, whoa, what was was the point? It's this way of saying there's a new creation happening within the old. There's this new thing, this new creation that's bursting forth right in the middle of the old, and it hasn't stopped. That's why seasons are important. We go from one season to the next. So she says to him, as the gardener, if you took him away, sir, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and I will get him. Look at this. Jesus said one word, Mary. He said her name. Look at the response. She turned towards him, and in Hebrew, said Rabboni, which means teacher, it means master, it means you know, you're the one I follow, you're my rabbi. So when he spoke her name, she knew his voice. But notice her stature. She turns towards him. She recognizes his voice, and so she turns towards him. And look at the next words of Jesus. He says, do not hold on to me. One version says, stop holding on to me. Another version says, do not cling to me. The literal Greek translation is, cease clinging to me. This is what Jesus told her. Now, doesn't that seem cold? I mean, it's almost like Jesus was like, oh my gosh, Mary, you're so clingy. (laughs) It seems so cold. I mean, the embodiment of grace in love, Jesus Christ, God in flesh, he suddenly grows cold and says, do not hold on to me. Cease clinging to me. So why was Jesus acting like this? Because Mary must have had the sense that Jesus was getting the group back together. You seen the blues brothers? We're getting the band back together. Like the band was getting back together. He has returned. Everything will go back to the way it was. And Jesus' response was: do not hold on to me. Let go, Mary, of the previous season, the way you thought it should go, the way you thought it should be. Step into the new season. Why? Because this is something new. Isn't that huge? Cease clinging to me. Cease clinging to the story you believed. See, this isn't a story about Jesus being cold and unfeeling. This is a story about human nature. We want things to go back to how they were, when it was safe, when it was comfortable, when everyone knew their place, when everyone knew their role. Because a lot of us are in seasons right now and we've been in that season way too long. Others, we're in seasons and we're trying to get the heck out because we're done. But seasons have a time frame, and that's why it's important for us to hear the voice of the Spirit. Is it time to start preparing to move on? Have you learned what you need to learn? Stay there until you have. But have you stayed too long because it's comfortable? Because it's a story of human nature that we're comfortable. We don't want to move. We don't want to change. Jesus was essentially saying, Mary, things can't go back to how they were. Because first of all, your thinking wasn't right. You thought I was a Messiah, a warrior Messiah who would come back and through, through war and through force, I would get that throne back. Remember when, uh, was it James and John said, hey, Jesus, they pulled him aside. They said, hey, when you come into your kingdom, could we have your right hand and your left? They didn't get it. They were thinking physical kingdom. He wasn't, they weren't saying, hey, when you get to heaven. No, they were like, when you take this thing over, when you get us our nation back, Can we be like in your royal court? And Jesus went, (laughs) uh, you don't even know what's going on. This is a different kingdom. This is a kingdom of peace. This is a kingdom of joy. This is a kingdom of right relationship. Jesus said it, right? I'm off the hook because Jesus said it. But I'm learning more and more that I need to listen to what Jesus told me. Because your life will go so much better when you listen to his version Of how your story should look. Amen. Check out last week's message and you'll get that. So, Jesus again was essentially saying, Mary, things can't go back to how they were. Why? Because that season is over. You know, sometimes we try to recreate a season that has passed. We see this in relationships and politics and religion. You know what I'm talking about, right? Now sometimes, listen, sometimes we, we, we've maybe left something behind that we need to reclaim. So I get it. Sometimes we're like, you know, I just realized in that past season there was something there I didn't quite get or learn. I'm going to reach back and grab that because that's a good golden nugget for life. But then get back into the season you're in. Does that make sense? But for most of us, we spend all our time, our effort, and our energy going in the wrong direction, trying to get back to the good old days. You ever said that? Remember back when? Remember the good old days? You know what's funny to me? Is when we, when we talk about how it used to be in the good old days, a lot of times we forget about all the crap that happened in those good old days. It's called nostalgia. We only remember the good things and the wonderful things. And I think we need to embrace those things and, and keep those things. But bring those with you to the next season. Does that make sense? But whenever you, we need to get back to the way it was, you're going backward. And all of creation is wooing you. It's pulling you forward. So we have to be forward focused. We have to move forward. The kingdom is expanding. Does this make sense? And so we we take those nuggets and those truths and that wisdom and those things that we learn by the spirit and others. But then we take those into the next season. You have to let go of the old season to be open to the new season. Now, for some of us, sometimes it seems like things just aren't going well. You're in the middle of a season and you're like, man, things just don't seem to be going well. Maybe it's that you've adjusted so much and adjusted yourself to the previous season when you're actually in a new season. And so maybe it's about readjusting some things in your thinking and your doing and your being because it's a constant shift in our minds. When people say things like, I've learned enough, I'm good to go, that's a scary place to be, folks. I mean, not just spiritually, but, but just in general in life, when you think you've arrived, there's a problem. Because I'm always learning. And if you're open to learning, man, it's huge. But especially in theology. I mean, denominations do this all the time. Our denomination, wow, we've arrived. We figured it out. And then we stay there. But what we need to do through each denomination, there was such great revelation and vision that God brought into the church, his body, whom He loves. But what we do is we stay there and we create monuments and memorials instead of going, that's awesome. Ooh, Holy Spirit's moving some more. Let's go with it. Ooh, the Holy Spirit's moving some more. Let's go with it. Oh, wow, look there's even more. Oh my gosh, could you even believe that there's even more? It gets better. And so that's the progression of the kingdom and so we need to follow that flow. So sometimes things just don't seem to be going well because I think we've adjusted ourselves to a previous season Think about this. This happens when you have kids. How many here this morning have kids? I mean, you adjust to drop-offs at school and schedules and sports and activities, only for them to move up a grade or graduate or mature, and then change schedules. You're like, I just figured this freaking schedule out, and now it's come on, parents. You know, I mean, football season gets over. You like, we got to what? We're going to the wrestling now. That's different days. It's different times. How is this working, right? This happens all the time in life and so we get so adjusted to one schedule it's tough to get into another schedule. But in life we have to adjust to each season that we're in. But see I think this happens not just with your kids it happens in relationships and in jobs and theology you name it. And it's hard to process at times. I heard a pastor say that the ending of a season will often involve some form of grief. Because Change is always a form of loss, right? Ch- change is always a form of loss. So the ending of a season will often involve some form of grief. And here's the thing, if you don't grieve it, if you don't take time to grieve, you'll be stuck there. You'll actually be stuck in a season if you don't properly grieve that season. If we don't grieve, what happens? We carry it with us and we can never settle into the next season, the next change, I'll give you an example. We experience this when we see old pictures of our children or our grandchildren. Yeah, thanks time hop, thanks Facebook. You ever get that 6 years ago today and you're like, "Oh my god." Yeah. Like joy and happiness, like, "Oh my gosh, he was so cute and they were so Remember when they were so cute? But they're so cute and it's it's amazing. You're so into it and there's this happiness and there's this joy, but then all of a sudden there's this tinge there's a tinge of sadness because you'll never get that back. And so that's what happens in seasons. Man, remember when we were uh, at this location and we lived here and I had this job and we did that. Oh, that was so wonderful. And then sometimes there's sadness. But here's the deal. Change always feels like loss. And so we have to grieve those things. We have to come to terms with, okay, that, that was then, but this is now. And as we do, it helps us to progress because if we leave something back in a previous season, we can never be fully present in a current season. You follow me? And so the Holy Spirit's moving us from season to season. Sometimes we can't move forward because we haven't properly let go. Don't hold on to me, Mary. That's what Jesus says. Put your name there. Because even for me, I've held on the versions of Jesus that I knew. And when I saw a different facet, a different side, I'm like, okay, that's scary, man. I don't want to let go. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I'm already over here. Let go of that idea you had. And it's not easy. What will people think? What will people think about me? Because now I used to think this about Jesus, this about the Father, this about the kingdom. But now I think this. What will people think? think and so we have to let go of those old ideas and the things that we thought those paradigms that we had in our life don't hold on to me Mary but Jesus can't we go back Jesus would say nope we can only go forward because life is about progressing forward see there's a fear that can creep in when moving to the next season because there seems to be no borders, no boundaries. Like I said earlier, you almost feel like I just ha- I, if I could just have a rail or a wall to lean on, something that I know that I'm familiar with. So in response, we try to hold on to the previous season. But here's the deal. It takes faith to let go and move to the next season because it's complete Trust, I am not certain of what the future holds. I know that He has a plan and a purpose and it's for good, but I don't know what adversity may be awaiting me. I don't know what someone might do to me, because how many know that God doesn't control people, so people sometimes just do what they do and they do it to you, and it's not right. But it's learning to let go and to move on and say, "I have faith to move, to transition into the next season." You know, think about what are the most significant moments in our lives? The moments that shape us into who we are. It's not, hey dude, I got the new iPhone. I got a new car. Come on. I mean, that's small stuff. But but what are the significant moments in your life that shape you into who you are? How about this? I lost a friend. I got a divorce. I found out my spouse was cheating on me. I lost my job. In fact, I got fired. Let's make it spiritual. I got a new revelation of God, of who He is, and what He's about. These are the points in life. These are those significant moments that shape who we are. Stories of pain and loss and heartbreak are about a season ending. And so it's okay to recognize it. It's okay to have emotions and be okay with that. It doesn't mean, you know, there's a difference between just complaining and you have a lifestyle of drama and just whining all the time. But there's moments where we have to go, this hurts. This is painful. I don't quite get this. And by faith, I choose to follow you, Heavenly Father, to follow you, Holy Spirit, into this next season. But remember, if one season is ending, another is beginning. Why? Seasons come and seasons go. Now, sometimes we feel in between. You ever felt the in between? Like, man, limbo. Like our reference points are gone. We're searching or or we're waiting for the next season. One word. Faith. Sometimes that's all we have. It's saying, Father, I trust you because I I don't know where I'm supposed to. Honestly, that's where Chris and I have been for the last probably six to eight months. Just days where I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, what, what is the purpose? Where are we going with life? And it's okay to ask those questions. We talk about that together. And it's great that we can talk about it. We get it on the table. And it seems like doubt and lack of faith. But it's just uncertainty. So then we go, oh, well, we're uncertain. Great. Now we can just have faith then. Because I'm not sure where it's going or why what's going on is going on. And I'm just really irritated and I'm frustrated and I'm scared and I'm angry and all those feelings we feel. And you just get it out. Sometimes we just need to talk, folks. Man, sometimes the church has put us in this box where I can't tell anyone what I'm thinking because I don't want the pet answer. Just have more faith, brother. Well, right now I just need a friend. (laughs) Why don't you have some faith for me? But what if through life we just were okay with being honest with our feelings and emotions and, and how we felt? And we had people we could confide in and talk to and get it on the table because sometimes I've said things that I felt and even in saying, I've got an answer. Even in saying, I realized, wow, that, that sounds kind of silly. Why was I even thinking that? And so it's good to get things out and not bottle up because eventually it turns into some crazy stuff. You've seen that, right? The men are like, yes, I have. <laughs> But here's the thing: when you're in those in-between places and those in-between spaces, I believe that the Holy Spirit can do great things in that space. So don't rush through it, and don't miss all there is in the in-between place. Again, uncertainty is a great catalyst to walk by faith. So one more thing I want to say about seasons today. Are you getting some out of this so far? One more thing I want to say about seasons this morning. And this is really important. I want us to really hone in on this this morning. Sometimes when we move into a new season, it becomes so very easy to criticize the previous seasons. And I want to address this for a reason, because it's really easy to do to criticize those previous seasons, to beat yourself up over how you used to do it, how you used to believe, what you used to believe. And so we can beat ourselves up. And and I've talked to several of you who have been on this journey and, and, and you've been growing and you've been going, but you get to a place where you're like, okay, I can't believe I used to believe that. And so you spend so much time beating yourself up about what you used to believe about God that you're not even present in the current season of this glorious revelation of maybe his grace or his love or what it means to be a kingdom person. And so we can't even fully engage or fully embrace where God has brought us because we're too busy beating ourselves up about how we used to be, what we used to do, what we used to believe. Have you ever ran into a person who are just so bitter about a particular season of life? Let me take it a step further. So bitter about a particular person in that season? You don't know what they did to me. They just can't release it. This happens in church. That leader, that pastor, that children's worker. They told me this, and, and I was believing that, and then I found out, and we get so caught up in that. Let, let me challenge that thinking for just a moment. I really, truly believe that most people in ministry now there's manipulators out there, I get it, but most people, they have great intentions. And how many know that we can only say or operate according to the revelation level that we have in our life? So maybe what that person said, you've grown to a point where you're like, I don't believe that anymore. But the proper thing to do is to move on from that rather than to look back and go, I'm mad at them. I'm bitter at them for what they did. Now, for, for some of us in seasons, we actually have people who have done us wrong. I've heard some horror stories of control and manipulation and it was wrong if someone tries to manipulate and control you that is not the Holy Spirit that is called the Satan no I'm I'm being honest the word Satan means accuser it means slanderer See, we, we, we dress Satan up in, in the red suit with horns and a pitchfork, but more times than not, the Bible, when it refers to the Satan, when it refers to satanic, it's talking about people who are influencing you and being accusatory and, and slandering and coming against you, manipulating and controlling you. And your Heavenly Father isn't good with that. Outside of church, same thing. You had an uncle who molested you, who, who treated you wrong, who took, um, took liberties he should have never taken. You have relationships of a spouse. Maybe you're divorced now, but you're holding something because, man, they took your dignity away. They took away your honor. They controlled you. They manipulated you. And that's not right and when we move from one season to the next, we have to release people, but that doesn't mean we release people from the proper authorities at times. Sometimes people need to, there's consequences to actions. Do you follow me? Okay? But forgiveness is important because if you don't forgive, then you hold on to that in your own life. I often tell people that when you forgive someone, you're releasing someone. And usually that someone is you. So, forgiveness is really about you releasing yourself from holding on to what happened in that previous season. So, a lot of times, what happens is we can't release people or we can't release ourselves. Sometimes we just need to forgive ourselves because we think, why did I believe that? How did I? Listen, it doesn't matter. That was then, this is now. So, many times, what we do is we try to put things in categories of right and wrong. So, instead of right and wrong, how about then and now? How about looking back and saying, you know what? Then I used to believe this. Then I would do things like that. Oh, but now I believe this. And I walk differently than I used to. And then it allows you to release yourself and people from those previous seasons. Because I'm telling you, we cannot live a life where we're criticizing the previous season, where we're criticizing ourselves. where We're criticizing others. So again, let's not think of categories of right and wrong. Let's think of this idea of then and now. Shift from right and wrong to then and now. Jesus says, do not hold on to me, Mary. Cease clinging to me. Cease clinging to the old idea that you had, that I'm getting the band back together, that we're going back to the way it was because mm -mm, everything is new. It's progressing forward. And now you have to get a new paradigm. You have to have a new idea of life, a new thought process of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, of what it means to be a kingdom minded person. Let that previous season go and reach out for the new.